Hey, hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning that you're doing something positive for yourself. I really appreciate your support and, you know, following following this journey that we're on. This is why I always call self-care a journey because it never means the same thing to two people. It really just depends on what works for you. And now, because, you know, I feel like every week, at least the last two or three weeks, I'm sort of leading off with the same thought, but I feel like it, it more or less is like the pink elephant in the room. It's, you know, everybody's increasingly aware of how the coronavirus has changed our everyday lives. Um, you know, we've watched literally, I feel like every day and every hour, there are more changes. And it just really brings to mind how important it is that, that not only that we practice regular self-care, but that we hear from other people what their perspectives are. and just helpful information to know that we're not in this alone and that, you know, if, if you see what works for you as being different from the next person, then that's totally okay. So I'm super excited about my guest today. Uh, Catherine is actually from my hometown of Shelby, North Carolina, Catherine Tedder. She has been a registered nurse for close to 30 years. She has extensive experience. Um, she calls herself a home health um, expert. She has, you know, been in the home health field for the majority of her nursing career and, and has lots of wonderful things to say about it. Um, you know, I think depending on what your career choice is, I feel like, you know, you can find the niche where you feel like you can serve the best. And she's certainly done that um, as far as, as nursing care goes. She, but she is also a certified dementia trainer and coach. Um, and so she is well positioned to really you know, give us some really helpful information, not just on the basics of self-care, but a little bit too about her own self-care journey. So Catherine, I'm so excited you were able to work me into your schedule today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Allison. It's so good to be here and talk with you. Outstanding. So, so, um, so how did, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about your personal story? Um, I know you've been a nurse for a long time, so I'm sure you've seen and heard it, heard just about all of it. But, but everybody seems to be inspired differently, and your your personal story especially. So, so for me, when I became when I decided to become a nurse, I thought that I wanted to work in a hospital, and um, I wanted to be like a labor and delivery nurse and be a nursery nurse. And I did do that for a little while. And then I had a friend that was doing home health. And so I decided to give that a try. And what I found was that going to people's homes and caring for people that can't get out and go, you know, people that are homebound and going into homes that were mansions and going into homes that had dirt floors, literally, I just realized that was where the rubber hit the road, if you will, where I got to meet people and figure out what they needed to know about how to take care of themselves and talk to them on whatever level that, that I needed to do um, to get my to get the lesson or the point across. So I just fell in love with home health. And initially, um, my first caseload in home health, Allison, most of my patients were homeless. Now that was 25 years wow. And, you know, we don't see patients, uh, homeless patients anymore. They have to be somewhere in a, in a shelter or something. But my first caseload, I met patients under bridges and 
um, behind restaurants. I met them in just in places where I found them and um, would would meet them on a regular basis. But that that didn't last for long. I started, you know, getting more patients that actually lived in a house. Uh-huh. I just fell in love with that type of nursing care. Uh-huh. Well, and it certainly does allow you to approach you know, care, if you will, not just patient care, but self-care in a completely different way when you're in a home environment versus, say, a sterile office environment or a hospital, which is what we seem to be hearing the most about these days. Exactly, because when you go into someone's home, you know, part of part of the assessment is to to look in the cabinets and look in the refrigerator and really get down to the basics of, you know, talking about here are the things in your pantry. And here's your diagnosis. So which ones of these things should you not be eating? Or, you know, to really do some real world lessons about this food is not a good choice for you. Uh, You know, whatever's in your refrigerator, well, let's look and see when it was actually out of date. So uh, a lot of just basic abilities to teach and show people, especially elderly people who can't see as well, a lot of, um, but just a great opportunity to um, teach people and help them in, in wherever they need to be met. So you meet the person at where their needs are Uh and whether it's uh, whether you're there to do a, a dressing, a wound care if that's the case, then to talk to them about proteins and foods that you should eat that will help with your healing. So uh-huh. for me, it was just a nice way to wrap all of that together and give some helpful hints without feel, you know, making them feel demeaned or like they didn't, why don't you know that type thing? It was more yeah. like, oh, here's some good ideas that will help you to get well quicker. So um, I really, for me, it was nice to, to be able to meet with them in their home and really pull in that kitchen and talk about what you're eating and how your diet has to do with your diagnosis. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because, you know, we, I think everybody knows that on a logical level, even if you're not, you know, ill or getting home health care, but it's, it's so hard for people to connect the dots with that because they, they think, you know, they revert to the, the story. Well, I don't have time to do that. It's too hard. I got to do what works for me. When in reality, they really have all the control that they want over the choices they make at home. A hundred percent. And, you know, the older I get and the more that I see how your diet choices, especially when you're younger, how important they actually are to your your future and uh-huh. to your longevity. It just matters so much. So for me, all of a sudden, I didn't, I wasn't that worried about diet and exercise when I was in my 20s and 30s. And now in my 50s, I'm like, you know, that is the most important thing. Uh-huh can learn and care about. And it's so easy to do. You just have to make yourself do it. Yeah. Well, and I think you just, you have to have a moment. You just literally have to wake up one day and have a moment that, that, okay, I'm ready to make this change. And you can't, 
you know, people can't necessarily do it for you. And I think people can tell you over and over again, you know, you really need to be doing this. You really need to be doing this, but you have to get to that point where you're ready to change it yourself. That is so true, Allison. And for me on a personal level, and I use this when I am talking to patients now, but um, I was diagnosed with um, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, which is 100% because of poor diet choices uh-huh. made when I was younger. And so, you know, the, the fix for that is a lot of medications that you can take to lower your blood sugar. And um, so I did all that. And then one day it just hit me. You have been teaching people how to eradicate their diabetic, uh, diabetes type two. And here you are just taking medication. So it took me one day to realize, you know what? I am going to do all the things that I've been telling other people to do. Like, Uh I actually love myself enough to do this for me. So my own little journey, um, because, you know, I think sometimes people in the medical field, we know the answers, but we don't exactly do really put my, um, put my money where my mouth is and change the way that I was taking care of myself. You know, I feel like people can hear that. um, Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. When you say, here's what I was doing and I knew better because I'm a nurse, but here's what I'm doing now. So all of this medication that I used to be on, I don't have to take it anymore because I have turned this ship around and it's a constant battle. But the fact that you just decide, you know what, I am actually worth this. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's kind of cool. So I'm, I'm, you know, I feel proud of myself that I made that decision and that I've made a lot of changes. I've lost a lot of weight. And, um, you know, the, the coolest thing about it is, you know, who's the proudest of me are my kids. <laughs> Outstanding. That's even better when, when, when yeah. people really start uh, noticing people that, that see you on a regular basis and know the journey that you've been through. And then they start noticing you're, it really helps motivate you more, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. But the fact that you made the decision to do it for yourself, you're actually demonstrating for them what it looks like to put yourself first, which is a really powerful lesson, I think. Well, you know, I I started going to this doctor who I had heard was like this great physician to go to if you have diabetes, because he will help you. And I probably went to him for a year and he just kept giving me different medication. And then finally, one day he said, are we going to do this or not? And I was uh-huh. like, What? And he was like, start doing a food log and keep up with what you're eating. Start checking Uh blood sugar three times a day and let's see how what you're eating actually changes your blood sugar. Start exercising at a specific time every day and check your blood sugar afterwards. And so I started doing all these things and I started realizing, holy cow, I can control this. Uh Uh-huh. When you get that diagnosis, you feel so out of control of your body and to all of a sudden start seeing it on paper and realize, oh, I thought I was doing something good by switching from a potato chip to a pretzel, but pretzels really make my blood sugar go up. So I'm not eating pretzels anymore Uh to realize if I walk one mile, 
this is how much it drops my blood sugar. If I walk three miles, this is how much it drops my blood sugar. So after, now it's just part of my DNA. I just know what I'm going to do. If I eat this, I'm going to exercise that amount. I've gotten myself to that level. So that just makes, it makes life a whole lot easier. And it's not like I can't ever go crazy and eat something that I absolutely shouldn't like chocolate or something like that, because I have the pros and cons. I know the balances that I have to keep, keep doing and keep hold myself accountable to every day. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show you that it, it it's all a series of the small steps. That's one of the things I always teach is you got to take the small steps daily. It's almost like when I'm, when I'm talking to someone about setting a goal and setting an intention. And I know myself for years, I used to put both of those in the same category. You know, you think, well, as long as I'm oriented, I'm going to be intentional. And that's not always the case. It really does come down to the little things that you do every day. And if you do that, you're so much more in control of the goal that you set for yourself. And it sounds like with what you just shared with the, you know, the decisions that you're making every day go to your bigger goal, but you're being more mindful of what you do every day as a result. Absolutely. And I think that, and you mentioned earlier that I was working with dementia patients now too. And I think that I realized with dementia, there's so much related to exercise and diet that you can do when you're young. Uh-huh to protect you from some of that. So I've really, I've really just kind of come full circle with the whole decision-making of what I put in my mouth and yeah. decision-making of how much um, movement and exercise I get every day. It yeah. is important. So um, yeah, so I, I just kind of decided, and this sounds so simple, but I just kind of decided one day, I think I'm worth this. I've always, you know, as a mom and now a grandmother, you just spend a whole lot of time thinking about what you can do for, for everybody else in your family. And I just decided, like, I can do this for myself. I am, I am this important to me, too. Uh-huh. I count. So that's kind of how it started for me. Like I'm going to give myself a little bit of effort and um, it really has just changed, changed a lot, a, a lot of things for me. Well, and you really can't be expected to be the best version of yourself if you consistently ignore your own self-care. And it's like you used yourself in as, as an example that you're, you're taking care of patients with diabetes, but you're over here on in one corner doing the exact opposite of what you're teaching. And, you know, because you've made this decision to do things differently for you, not only are I'm imagining that you're so much better at your job, you're already, you were already good at it anyway, but just imagine how much better you're able to show up because you're paying more attention to yourself. It's the perfect scenario. When I talk to a group of women, which usually um, when I do any kind of um, health talk, it's typically women that show up. But when I talk about how I kind of neglected myself and as if I were being some brave mother or wife or worker, employee, it's funny because 
every woman in the room is like, I get it. And so I always end up with these conversations afterwards where people are, are saying, or women are saying, I completely put myself last in line. And I just think it's kind of who we are. I think it's what we sisters yeah. and grandmothers do. Yeah. And so um, it is time that we work really hard to take care of ourselves. Well, and I think it's, it's understandable why we, why, we as women do that. I mean, I don't have kids. I mean, I have dogs and, and I have nieces and nephews that I love very much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband has, uh, you know, has two nieces and two nephews as well. And so, you know, we were very involved with kids and, you know, I, I teach at the college level too. So I'm, I'm around kids and adolescents and teenagers on a regular basis, but, but I can tell you specifically woman to woman, that, you know, it is sort of expected that we just take care of things to some degree. And sometimes that means we have to put ourselves last on the list. And, you know, for anybody out there listening, you know, you know, without getting into gender stereotypes, because that's really not my intention, but it's it, when you take better care of yourself, everything in your life is better. Everything. Is better. Absolutely. That is very, very true. Yeah. So why don't you tell, what's, what's your favorite way to, what are the kinds of things that you do every day, let's say workout-wise, to take care of yourself? Because I know a lot of people in my audience are particularly fitness-minded, and I know everyone always likes to hear what everybody else is doing. So I'm a big stretcher, and I keep trying to be a yoga person, but I'm not yet, but I at least look at a YouTube video and try some of the some of the moves, but that's probably more of a comedic act at this point. <laughs> well, you know, self care can be you know funny too. You know, to well, self-care. yes, that that would definitely be the funny part. But what I do I do a lot of walking, and um, so my husband and I walk somewhere between one and three miles a day. Uh-huh. And right now, during this. Uh, period of time that we're in it's definitely um, the highlight of the day to get out of the house so for me I've had I had a lot of knee surgery when I was younger so that is just the one thing that I can definitely do I want to have some aerobic exercise so we try to do some serious power walking uh, Uh at least that um, some of that walk but that is uh, my, that's my exercise right now is. Well, that's great. I mean, as long as that walking, as long as that, you know, works for you, that's the important thing. Yes. I definitely feel so good when I do it and when, when I can't, or when it's raining and we can't go to the, to our gym, then yeah, that's, that's a stress stressor for me. I'm, I definitely just feel better when I do and move around. Well, you just feel like you just feel like you've just got more to give. You know, if you pay att- you know, if you pay more attention to yourself, you just have more to give. It's like the analogy I like to use is we put, we're so uh, conscious of our electronics these days, whether it's our computers or our tablets or our phones. And as soon as we see the batteries running low on any of those, we're the, the first thing we want to do is charge it and make sure it's ready to go. And we're not always the best at doing that for our own personal battery. That is such a good point. So I have an Apple 
watch and I set it for 800 calories a day was what I wanted to burn. So that's what it measures. So if I go do my walk and I have either forgotten to plug my phone in or plug my watch in and it starts <laughs> to die. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wait a minute, I want to get credit for having done the walk and having burnt the calories. So yeah, because you want the satisfaction that you've done it, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's just funny because we we're, we're the first to notice when you know, something else goes down, but we don't always notice that in ourselves. And I feel like that's really part of the journey of self-care is, is kind of, you know, ebbing and flowing and kind of tweaking as, as time goes along to figure out, you know, what works better for you as far as that goes. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point about the electronics too. It's very true. And, and I am guilty because I, you know, the, the world that we live in now, we, we have to be able to we depend on technology and especially now because, you know, we're so limited in in social contact and face-to-face contact and whatever, whatever line of work you're in, we're, we're really even more dependent on it now. So I, I believe it really makes us question the day-to-day things that we're actually doing to help us take care of ourselves. We we actually have to be more mindful of it now than ever. You know, I never was one to make a list or to write anything down. I would just kind of go with the flow of the day. Uh-huh. And I guess it's over the last four years since I've been doing the job that I'm doing now, which is really more home health education and I work from home. So I have started and I, I mean, I'm not really, really rigid about this, but I have a plan. I have a time that I get up in the morning, do, do some stretches, do my devotion, get ready for work. Even though I work from home now, I still prepare for work. And then, uh-huh. you know, just things that I do. And then at the end of the day, my reward is I've done all that. And now I'm going to go outside and walk. But something about writing it down. Uh-huh really made like it's just a little way in my brain I think I hold myself accountable in a different way yeah I write it down and I've never really done that but over the last couple of years I've started doing that and it bothers me if I don't if I leave something off or if I skip something and it I never would have cared about something yeah well in a sense in a sense you almost feel like you've let yourself down because it's it's kind of like oh I didn't keep track of it well that just means in your mind you're thinking I didn't do it even though you know you did you still want to give yourself credit I mean that's exactly well and that's a nursing thing too because it's all about documenting what you do so that was like the one thing you learned at first thing you learned in nursing school oh I bet I didn't think about if you didn't document it you didn't do it so yeah yeah, yeah, totally. Somehow that's become important to me in my personal personal journey now too. I totally get that. That makes that makes so much sense with the the whole nursing analogy thing there. So so let's assume that somebody out there is listening and they're you know they're you know their their world's been turned upside down by all this coronavirus stuff and they're trying to figure out a place to start and they put everybody else first most of their life. And now they're like, I've got to do something different. What would you say to that person in in words of encouragement or what easy tips could you offer? You know, I think it has to start small and I think you have to really 
decide what what is it that matters are you is it is it your weight is it your endurance do you run do you go up a flight of stairs and you're just exhausted is it what what is it and i think you start really you identify one thing and you start just working on that and little bits at a time yeah and i think that I think once you start to get a little success, then you can take on more things and more things. Now, I'll tell you a story and you will recognize who I'm talking about because we're from the same. <laughs> oh, awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> we're from the same hometown. But when I was in high school, and I'm sure he was the um, track or long distance running cross country coach when you were there too, and also a chemistry teacher, but he used to run like miles and miles a day. Uh-huh. I, I knew him before that because he, he and my daddy were, were, or still are friends. So he, he didn't, he wasn't always a runner and you know who I'm talking about. He would run miles a day. Oh, I totally know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Well, let me tell you something. You know how he started running the first time he ran from his front door to his mailbox and back inside. (laughs) And that was his first run. Isn't that interesting? Wow. And yeah. And then he went like to the stop sign and came back home. And uh-huh. he, he was, uh, and I, he may still run, I don't know, but he used to run all, you would see him all over town running. And um, so I, I, I always just thought that was so cool because he didn't, he didn't just love running. And, and that was just something he did all his life. He taught himself how to do it. So that kind of tells you, and he was an adult, you know, uh-huh. something he started as a kid. So wow, isn't that interesting? I think, you know, I think so many people think if, you know, you're an athlete and you've been doing something for a while, even if you're not an athlete and you've just been doing something for a while, that that's the way you've always done it. Right. So that my coach always says, says, you know, to me from time to time, she always says, you have to, you have to be comfortable with being a beginner. And sometimes being comfortable with being a beginner means that you're going to mess up a whole lot more than you would if you're not a beginner, but you have to be okay with that because that's how you evolve and you learn and you get better. Well, the first time I walked around the block, I thought, well, I am exhausted and this is horrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> we walk less than a fourth of a mile. And now I don't think twice about going three, four miles. If, you know, I don't go four miles every day. Most days it's between one and three, but on the weekends we go a lot longer. and you know, when I think back about where I started, I've come a long way, baby. That was big. That's a big difference from where I started. So, yeah. Um, okay. That is, that is so cool. I, I really appreciate you sharing that story because people out there listening, I think some people know what they need to do and maybe they've made the decision to do it, but they really don't even know where to start. And and for some people, they might even feel embarrassed that running to the mailbox and back would even count as something. But I always exactly the little things always matter more, I think, than the big things in the grand scheme of things. Well, and that's what people do with diet. They say going on a diet and they cut out every single thing that they would ever really like to eat. And um, I really believe in the healthy plate method. And if you know what that is, but I do. 
I think that's the way to do it. So half of your plate should be vegetables, green vegetables. The other half should be half protein and half grains. So that means about maybe two tablespoons of rice or pasta. Because I think what a lot of us do, and I certainly used to, was I had one half of that plate that was the pasta or the rice and the other things, the vegetable was a little fourth of a plate. So to do that, you don't have to do it all in one day. You have to take away all the things that you enjoy eating. You just have to start being mindful of it and give yourself some little rules to go by. And and once you accomplish one, then add another one. So you don't, you, you know, you got to be easy on yourself. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest piece for so many people is, is that we, we have to be so careful how we talk to ourselves because our brains remember, you know, our yeah. brains are so sensitive. I mean, our brain always wants to keep us in a safe place. And for a lot of people, if they're ready to start and they don't know what to do to start, or maybe they don't have any idea where to start. You know, all they can hear is that voice in their head saying, well, don't do that because if you mess up, then guess what? This is what's going to happen. And, and that holds so many people back. So I think, you know, being able to talk to yourself in a tone of voice, you know, and use words that, you know, are encouraging that, you know, it's okay if you just do one thing different today. You don't have to do 10 different things. Right. It's a lot of it. So Interesting. Wow. I'm so glad that you were able to join me today. I know you're really busy and, um, and I really appreciate you making time to be with me on my show today. So thank you so much, Catherine, for joining me. Well, thank you, Allison. It was good to talk to you. Where can people find you if they have specific questions or if anyone feels the need to reach out to you about anything? Where can people find you? Um, probably my email is the easiest and that's Tedder at yahoo.com. Is that all one word? All one word. Catherine Tedder. Catherine with a C. Okay. Outstanding. So if anybody out there is, is feeling feeling the need to reach out to Catherine, if anything that she said really resonates with you, um, please feel free to reach out to her. If you are on Facebook, uh, please, you are welcome to come over and join our community, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care, where we discuss all things fitness, health, self-care, and otherwise. Um, right now, especially, I think, being, knowing that you're in a community and that you're part of a community is a, is a big thing. I think we all need to remember that none of us are alone as we continue to, to deal with the effects of the coronavirus and otherwise, even when the coronavirus is, is over with, and it will be over with um, at some point in the near future. And if you're not on Facebook and you want to connect with me, please feel free to go to my website at CU Fitness, the letter C, the letter U fitness.com and click contact us and feel free to send me an email. I always love to hear from you. I want to hear what works. I want to hear what doesn't work. I want to hear your wins. I want to hear about your struggles. That's, that, that's why I do what I do. So this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. Make it a good one.